This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. And welcome to our United Women's uh, Party and Women's uh, uh, Class. Ellie's over here, we are united. Huh? I just, Madda Winter's released from the hospital. She's here and she wants to come back. I should tell you that. Tell her come back. We're missing her. Tell her we're missing her. Okay, we are discussing Hilchot Deot. She's okay now. We are discussing Hilchot Deot, laws of character traits and the Rambam. And we let, last week we discussed the golden mean, right? The golden mean is you take all the traits, the extremes between the traits, and you figure out what's the middle path. It's very hard to do. And it's so hard to do this every day and keep an accounting of where one is in the character traits. So hard to do. And the problem is today that we're aggravated. I don't know about you, but I'm, I don't know. I mean. Okay, people get aggravated and they lose their balance. That's the problem. It ta- all it takes is one person to upset you and you lose your balance. All of a sudden you're going very well and your traits are doing well, your bidon are doing well. All it takes is one person to come along and, and insult you or give you something whack or whatever it is and you, your balance goes off. The person's going to bring themselves back somehow. However, there are exceptions, and that is education. And we're going to talk about that. Okay? So we are now on Halacha 3. I just want to go through Halacha 3. We didn't do it yet. Uh, Halacha 3 in the Rambam, Chapter 1 of Hilchot Deot. And here the Rambam says, There are two extremes on each trait. And these are the extremes of a trait, on every character trait. And the extremes are not good. And it's not fit for a person to go in the extreme of these traits. And not to teach them to himself. So if you see someone, a very angry person, say, I want to imitate him. No, don't learn from that person. Don't learn from a book that tells you to be very desirous of different things. Don't learn from it. If a person finds then by, na- by nature they are, they are going by one of these extremes. Or you already learned this trait... And he, he did this, he's going to go and change himself. He's going to change themselves from the extremes. It's very important to go and change oneself. He's going to realize, I'm doing, I'm, I have this trait, bad trait, I have to change myself. So it's very important to figure out what trait a person has, what the traits are, and which trait is failing them, and fix that trait before it's too late. Because these bad traits can ruin the marriages, but they can ruin their job, it can ruin everything. Bad traits are the worst thing. Children. Ruin the children, for sure. The children love them. And uh, see all these marriages breaking down today. Why are marriages breaking down today? Because people have lost their patience. No patience anymore. People get on each other's nerves. They don't know how to deal with, no, with each other anymore. So it's, it's a disaster. We're living in a disastrous time. And there was still Sinat Chinam starts from us. It doesn't start with groups. It starts with individuals. I hate this one. I hate that one. I hate that one. Okay. Sinat Chinam. I don't get along with so-and-so. As uh, one man told his wife, and she said, I know you hate all my relatives. He says, no. I love my mo- I love your mother-in-law. <laughs> I love your mother-in-law. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's a rough situation today. Excuse me, is there any? I wasn't here last week. Yeah, so you have any more? I don't have any. Okay, papers. next week. Next week. Oh, it's next, next week. I gave you the last week, right? <laughs> 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 okay. So, uh, don't worry. Her husband works for a printing company. It's good. Baruch Hashem. Okay, we're moving on. The right path is the average in all the traits. The medium in all the traits. We talked about this. This is the golden mean. This is in Halacha 4. 
The golden mean. This is a very famous. If you have a pen, underline it. This is the golden mean. Put it over there inside. This is the Rambam's famous golden mean. The golden mean is to find the average in all the traits. Where is it? Four. Yes. Where is it? What's it called in Hebrew? Shvila Zahav. It's called either Shvila Zahav. The Rambam doesn't use the word Shvila Zahav. He says Midah Benonit. Midah Benonit. The average trait. That's the. It's amazing how he defines this. It's the furthest point between the two extremes. The equidistant from two extremes. Amazing. It's like how he's so precise to to find this trait. It's the equidistant between two extremes of the trait. <laughs> Now he says, look at this, the rabbi said, the rabbi's commanded that a person, a person should pay attention to their traits all the time and measure them and make sure they're in the golden mean, so that his health will be good. The mind-body connection. This is something which people are just talking about today. Raman talked about the mind-body connection. If your traits are good, normally you will be healthy. It's amazing. So a person knows how to deal with people and how to uh, control themselves, their desires, their traits, and their anger, whatever it is, and their sadness. Usually that has an effect on the body as well. So it leads to a healthy body. A healthy mind leads to a healthy body. Healthy traits lead to a healthy person, which is so hard to do. It's so hard to have good traits because there's no role models. Where are the role models? Who are people's role models? We said the sports people and the actors, and they're the worst traits. These people have the worst traits. They're drunk, they're on alcohol, or drugs, and worse traits. So we have to find good role models. And find good models. It's so hard to do. You don't find them on TV, and everyone's looking at TV all the time. That's the trouble. There's no... You look at looking on the internet. Where do you find good traits on the internet? I don't know. I haven't found them. <laughs> so that's our problem. You know, it's interesting. In Jewish law, the custom is the eastern wall, you put all the great people on the eastern wall of the shul. Uh, when I went to Yeshiva in Gula many years ago, can't tell you how many years ago. <laughs> uh, many years ago, it was amazing to see all the great rabbis. Live. Oh, so good. It was so brilliant. There's your role models right there about good traits. All my good traits. A whole line of They all must be in the 70s, 80s, big, long, white beard. Amazing, amazing. It's amazing. It was amazing. Very, very good for me at age. See these sadikim in front of you. Right there. You have walking sadikim, walking sefer Torah. It's amazing. So it's so good. But where do you find that today? Yes. I think Rabbi Khan says in baby's room, what you should do is have all of a sudden came and then have a mirror, and this will be your in the future. Yes, uh, that's uh, something to strive for. It was the rabbi of uh, Tells. The rabbi of Tells. What was his name? Gifter, Rabbi Gifter, yes, Rabbi Gifter had a son. He had all the rabbi's pictures in his room, and he had an uh, empty space. He says, Why not you? And he became one of them eventually. When my kids were in school, they started collecting these uh, cards. So I, I started the Rebbe cards. Yeah, started, started getting, over here as well, in our youth, in our children's group, they, had, they used to give out cards. Over here, they're giving out Rebbe cards. So it's very important to get. So kids will have these pictures, plus they have Bible cards today. tells you events. Uh, what happened in the Torah, as people collect it, they make a whole, like a book. Tanakh. It's very, very beautiful. The kids collect the right things. The kids' minds are set in the right direction, not set in the wrong direction. So it's very important. It says the traits create a healthy body. It's interesting. This is a mind-body connection. This is a mind-body connection. So a person who thinks properly and thinks in the nice, nice thoughts and healthy thoughts and good thoughts about people, that's called a bar levav. David says in Psalm 24, who will climb the mountain of God? Right? Bar levav, a person who has pure heart. 
Clean hands and a, and a pure heart. What is a pure heart? A person never thinks bad about people. It's a hard to have a pure heart. No, I don't think, you know, I wish that guy would drop so dead. I wish hard. that guy would drop dead. I wish that guy would get out of my life. It's so hard to do. Have a pure heart. And some people have pure hearts. It's a sadiqib. And you see the face is shining. Guy's face is, why is his face shining? Because they have pure hearts. Pure heart. They're not desirous of other people, not desirous of other things. Pure heart. Uh, when I go see my mother, I mean, before when she was at home, I said, Mommy, you need this and you need that. She says, What am I going to do with it? I'm going to take it. You know, she already knows that, what am I going to do with this? So I'll buy a new, a new washing machine. So, where's it going to get me? <laughs> Unless it's not working. If it's not working, of course you buy it. But how long do I have? She says. So, how, how many people think that way? Okay. So, Bali Baba is someone who has just no, no desire anymore. The trouble is, we all need desire just to stay alive. You see these people in the old age home, they stop eating. They Do lose their... De- stop eating. Uh-huh. Why? We had a guy here, 80 years old, fit as a fiddle, walking with his wife five miles a day, all of a sudden he stopped eating. Went off his food, he said, I want that thing. He had everything. He had money, he had children, grandchildren, loving children. That don't have it. So it's a sickness. Machala. That's not what life is all about. A person needs some desire. It's a mitzvah to stay alive. The Torah says, you will live by it and not die by it. You live by the Torah. We say you can break Yom Kippur, except for the three cardinal sins. A person has to give their life for three cardinal sins. That's in yesterday's parasha. Where do we learn it from? Love God with your soul. <coughs> Sometimes you've got to give your soul for God. But otherwise, it's a mitzvah to live. Every day we stay alive. You know, it's a halakha, you have to stand up for an old person. Even a pagan. You see an old man walking down the street, an old woman walking down the street, 70 years old, you have to stand up. Jewish law, you have to stand up. Within your six feet, they come within six feet, you have to stand up. Why? They survived. They're survivors. Every day they survive is another. They're fighting to survive, you have to respect that. We respect that. As Jews, we respect that. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're an older person, you survived, we respect you. It's amazing. So it's a very important concept to stay alive, and, and every day of life is another mitzvah. So, good thoughts, good character traits help a person to have good health as well. So, a person is not healthy, it's a sign there's something going on inside as well. Internally, there's something going on. Either a person worries too much, or this and that causes ulcers, it causes ill health, and other things going on. This is one of the signs of, uh, that's why a person needs to be a doctor who has both sides, aspects. It's hard to find today, to find an all-rounder. Holistic. It's called holistic medicine. But it's very complicated. Holistic medicine is very complicated. That's not how traditional medicine works. The Rambam was very much into holistic medicine and also preventative medicine. The, most, the biggest job of the doctor is, 90% of the doctor's job is to stop people getting sick. The trouble is today, we go to doctors when we're, health, when we're sick. We don't go to doctors when we're healthy. How do people go to doctors when they're healthy? They say, doctor, how can I stay healthy? <laughs> that's really the main, you know, that's Rambam's thing. That's why we're going to talk about diet and exercise and all the other things Rambam talks about. But here we're talking about character traits. Medical school, they only study diseases. Exactly. They don't study. Exactly. Okay. And insurance doesn't pay for preventive. Well, they do. It's free. You go for a medical, uh, once a year, annual medical, once a year, whatever it is, preventative, uh, dental, whatever. Okay, we're moving on. So this is the uh, this is the golden mean. This is Shvila Zahav in Hebrew. The Rama Shvila Zahav, and he, he says, listen, this, this is the key to healthy a healthy uh, body. Amazing. So now he goes into more detail. Okay. 
Ketzer. So now he's going to detail. How is this possible? What, what are the different examples? Lo here Baal Chema. A person should not be a Baal Chema. That's interesting. They use a different word for Kaas. There's a word Kaas, which is anger. Chema is heat. Hot. Hot-tempered. A person should not be hot-tempered. This is pretty careful, right? There are four different kinds of people with tempers. What are the four kinds? Easy to lose and hard to control. That's the worst. Every little thing, the guy goes off, and he goes off, and he doesn't stop. Oh, boy, it's the worst. You don't be around those kind of people, right? Easy to lose temper, hard to control. Easy to lose temper and easy to stop it. So whatever you gain, whatever you lost by getting easy to lose temper, he gains by getting easy to control it. And then you have hard to lose temper and easy to let go. That's the best. And then hard to let lose temper and hard to let go. He loses whatever he gained. So you have four different levels. Pirkei Avot says four different types of people with temper. So Ramo says a person should not be a bal chema. Chema over here is heat. Hot tempered. A person should not be hot tempered. Noach lichos. Easy to lose their temper. On the other hand, Ramo says you've got to be in the average. Look, commit. A person should not be like a dead person. You insult me and I, I don't pay attention. Smack me, I don't pay attention. That's, that's not right. A person should not be like a dead person either. We're human beings. We have emotions. A person should be on the average, why did you do this to me? But don't be extreme. Don't get, get mad and lose your temper and smack him as well. <laughs> First thing we learn in rabbinical school, don't throw chairs. <laughs> don't throw chairs at people. I actually knew someone who did and he got fired. I don't blame him. Okay, so uh, a person's going to know how to deal with people and not get very angry. But on the other hand, they shouldn't just turn a blind eye. It's not, it's not Christianity, it's Judaism. There's no turn the other cheek. Judaism says, why did you do this to me? I can sue you. You know, Jewish lawyers are the best. I'll take you to the Beit And in the Beit you've got to pay five damages. What are the damages? Unemployment, if you hurt someone. Unemployment. Doctor's bills. Uh, shame. Uh, pain and the actual damages five things and this is today's civil law a civil suit that's what they pay this they based on Jewish law in Jewish law there are five different penalties for hurting someone so obviously someone you don't hurt physically okay there's no physical damage but there's mental damage so the this, this, the betting has to estimate the mental damages the betting has to estimate the person's an honorable person there were many people around you shamed humiliated in public the shame tremendous amount of money so it's very important not to get involved, especially in public, with hurting people and the shame, embarrassment, does all kinds of damages. So, okay, I don't get angry. But you know what? I don't have to get angry. I can take you to court. Jewish law. There are other vehicles. Or oh, the best thing to do is rebuke them. Why did you do this to me? Why do you hurt me so much? I didn't do anything to you. Well, you're a pain, and you're da, 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 so at least they'll come out, you know, get up a conversation and try and sort it out. But if you get angry and you lose your temper, it's not going to help the situation. So it's not good to be a person that doesn't feel at all because you're not going to fix other people. You're going to help other people fix themselves. It may be good for you to be on a very high level and say, nothing affects me. It's water if a duck's back. I don't care. My ego is flat on the ground. I don't have an ego. It doesn't affect me. What about the other person, though? When are you going to fix them? So that's the problem. Don't get angry unless it's something major to get angry about. It's fitting to get angry. The trouble is sometimes people get angry and it's not really worthwhile what you're fighting over. You're fighting. I know people, you know, when they, they give Khatan classes, sometimes in the Khatan classes they're grooming the groom. You have to groom the groom. That's why I think it's called the groom. Why is it called a groom? Because he needs grooming. So, uh, 
He doesn't realize, so we call him a groom. You're a groom. A groom. A groom means you need to be groomed. He doesn't realize you need to be groomed. So one of the classes is about how, how marriages break on toothpaste caps. <laughs> you didn't cover the toothpaste. You put the towel on the bed. You didn't put your clothes in the basket. Marriages break down on small things. These are major fights. These are major issues today. It gets bigger and bigger. It gets bigger and bigger. Right. So it's very hard to gauge. That's why he says, don't get angry unless it's a big thing. So now a person's going to figure out, is this a big thing or a small thing? <laughs> he doesn't cover the toothpaste. Where's it going to lead to now? <laughs> kids, Maybe nip it in the bud, you know? Let's nip it in the bud. The whole family not doing it. That's it's a disaster. Okay. Don't, don't, let's not talk about it. <laughs> So only if it's something big to fitting to fight about. Is this something worth fighting about it? In order the person shouldn't do it again. So that's what Ramos says. If you're educating someone by losing a temper, you educate this. It's not really a temper. It's an educational way of showing an a, uh, angry face. Because I want to educate you. Don't do it again. Why do you do this? Don't do it again. Okay, so that's temper. So temper for an educational purpose is allowed. The teacher is allowed to show his, his, uh, the kids temper. Why are you doing this? Why are you, why are you talking when I'm, I'm, I'm trying to teach a class? You know? You're allowed to show temper. You mustn't lose it, though. You mustn't, it's very hard to do that. A person's got to be a very good actor. The best parents are good actors. The child thinks he's in trouble, but he's like, parents don't care. But they, they, want to make the, they want to educate the child. So it's very important to have that ability to be able to show temper without losing temper. It's so hard to do. Trouble is when you show temper, you start getting into the role. <laughs> That's the trouble. But it's a very important tool in educational pur- for educational purposes to show, you know, be a little bit tough. Why are you doing this to me? Well, what do I do to deserve this? That's not really temper, but it's a kind of asking a very harsh question. Now we move on to tava, desire. Hey, a person should not be desirous. This is a very hard to do. This is one of the hardest things to do. A person should not be desirous only for things which the body needs. The body does not need it. I don't need it. See, I have a lot of food on it. This is classic. This chocolate cake and all sorts of cake. Do I need it? I want it. Yeah, 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 I need it. No, no, I want it. A person's got to know the difference between want and need. Such a big difference. Want and need. And a person should only desire things which the body needs. It's impossible to live without them. Boy, if we have that standard living, then capitalism would die. <laughs> we'll buy cars and their luxury items out the window. But there is a little heter for them. We're going to talk about having it in my book, one of my books. And that is, the Ramon talks about later on about aesthetics. There is a concept of aesthetics. The Gemara says three things widen a person's mind. What are the three things? Nice house, nice furniture, and nice spouse. The three things broaden a person's mind. So we do find that aesthetics does play a role. There's no mitzvah for you to live in a hovel, on a hard bed, and live on the floor. No. You've got to live in a way that operates. So whatever the moder- moder- moderation is, moderation. The accepted standard in that place. But the extras, the luxuries above that, you don't need. If you don't need, don't have. Very simple. But it's very hard to live with moderation today. It's very hard to live with moderation. The person has the ability to buy more and buy more and buy more. So why not? So I need it. So if you really need it, fine. The question is, do I really need it? That's the question. Do I really need it or do I need to flaunt it? That's the question. Am I flaunting it? The Ramos says it causes a lot of anti-Semitism. The flaunting causes trouble. It's very important not to flaunt. Suppose that I have. 
So I want to show off. Don't show off. Not good idea. So the ideal is to control oneself. Uh, there's, a, there's a movement today called simple living. Going back to simple living, not to overdo it. So even though I have the resources, I'm, I'm going to live simply. Uh, one of the good examples is Warren Buffett. He's a multi-billionaire. lives very simply, the same way. He drives the same car, he lives in the same house. For 50, 60 years, he hasn't moved. Amazing. How many servants does he have? He doesn't have servants. He buys his own car. It's, uh, you know, so it's interesting. Interesting way of living. And he said, I don't live for the money. I just, this is fun. I'm having fun. I'm living for the fun of doing it. And he gave us, I'm going to give half my money away in my lifetime. He gave half his money away to a foundation. But listen, so everyone could be like that. That's a good role model. So a person should desire only things that the body needs. Otherwise, a person's going to destroy themselves, basically. If I don't need it and I have it, I want, it, I want it more, I want more, I want more, and more, eventually they're going to destroy themselves. It's interesting. The people who commit suicides are the ones who the, usually have everything. It's very strange. It's not people who don't have. The have-nots in Mexico are not committing suicide. It's the people who have things over here, living in Western civilization, Western society, they're the ones who are committing suicide. Why is that? They have everything. So what don't they have? So they have everything and they say life is not worth living. Why? Because I've tasted it. See, a person doesn't have it, says, maybe life is worth living. I have. I'll get more. I'll get more. I'll be happy. So I'll be content later on. I'm not content now, but when I have it, I'll be content. Mm-hmm. But the guy says, I have it. I'm not content. Now what? What do I do now? It's a big problem. So the answer is, the answer to life's contentment is not physical health, physical things. The answer lies in the spiritual domain. That's what people don't know. It doesn't lie in the physical domain. You can have everything and still not be satisfied. Why? Because there's a spiritual searching which a person doesn't satisfy the soul. The soul is not satisfied. That's why learning Torah is forbidden on Tisha B'Av. Why? Because the laws of God are straight. They make the person's heart happy. Happiness comes from the spiritual domain. It won't come in the mall. You won't find happiness in the mall. You find unhappiness at the mall. So you buy the stuff and you give it back. Women like to do that. I don't know. <laughs> they buy things. One day I like this, I came home and think about it. No, I'll send it back. So you won't find happiness at the mall, even though people think you will. That's the trouble. Society says, says thinks they, they will. Today they'll find it on Amazon. Not on the mall anymore. The normal malls. Okay. But the truth is, it's spiritual. Happiness is a spiritual concept, not a physical concept. So what does a person desire? And the answer is, the Yetzirah wants us to desire all kinds of things. Yes, it's a Yetzirah. The Yetzirah desire this, desire that, desire that, desire that, desire this. So we have all kinds of weird desires. And you see how big the person's Yetzirah is because they have weirder desires, not normal desires. So what's a normal desire? Okay. I don't want a spouse, I don't have kids. They don't have that desire anymore. They don't want to have to get married. They don't want to have kids. And abnormal desires. Just have fun. What is fun? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. Let's not talk about it. Well, it's fun for different people. So, the Rambans gives us good advice. Don't desire things unless they're things the body needs. As it says, The righteous person eats as much as they, do, they need to eat. And similarly, should not overwork. Okay. You can say, husbands would like this one. Go home and say, Dear husband, the rabbi says not to overwork. <laughs> he says, but I've got to support you. I've got to earn money. You've got to buy those dresses, right? So Jewelry. Huh? I don't need so much. Oh, sure. No, no I'm saying that's what she should tell her husband. Oh, okay. I'll quote you. <laughs> <laughs> it's better you say it than me, okay? <laughs> 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 
Similarly, a person should not work so, so hard. To buy something is just a temporary thing. So, by struggling, struggling, what are you struggling for? I want to buy this, I want to buy that. But they're just temporary enjoyments. They don't last. See, people look, put you on lavish functions, and then they're in debt. Right? What for? How long is that function? For three hours? Five hours? And that's, that's it. And then it's over, and people don't even remember it afterwards. And you pay so much money, you borrow so much money, you can't afford. Why? Live within your means. No. I've got to do it, because everyone else is doing it. People take lavish holidays, they can't afford. Crazy. Uh, I'm talking about Brooklyn, I'm not talking about over here. Okay. puts the other built here. A person should not be too tight-fisted. So a person should not be a spendthrift. And a person should not be a miser. There's a balance over here, being a spendthrift and a miser. Two different extremes. Vloi fazemamono, a person should not scatter his money. And a ten should give staka within his means. Even giving charity. Don't give everything away, then you're going to be a charity. So he said maximum 20%, not more than 20%. Don't give everything away. Lend money as much as you can. Don't over lend as well. Who says you get it back? So don't be too generous. It's interesting. You think, you know, Judas is saying, be very generous. No, give, give, give. Wrong. That's not halakha. Halakha is give within your means. You are number one. It's no use giving and then you have to take. No point. I can't pay my school tuition, but I'll give a lot of staka. Give staka to the school. Your school is number one priority. That's the first thing you got to give. Don't give to other people before you finish your obligations. And the person should be too happy. And not too depressed. This is very hard to find a balance between happiness and depression. The person should be happy in a, in a quiet way. But so funny before, with a nice smile always on the face. So it's, so it's good to have a nice smile always on the face. It's a sign of satisfaction. To walk around with a smile. It says Rabbi Victor Miller would, would sit in front of the mirror practicing his smile. People, you know, because your face, he says, is like a public domain. Your heart is a private domain. No one knows what's in your heart. But everyone can see your face. So you're walking around, your face is a public domain. We have to realize that. Your face is like a street. Your face is a street. Everyone's looking at your face and seeing. They see a guy smiling. That's what he's like. They don't know what's going on in his head. But that's, they can see your face. So put on a pleasant face. This is actually Shabbai, of all people in the, in the, in the Mishnah, Pregavot. We said many times, Sever stands for empathy. Panim is your face. Yafot, nice face. A face full of a smile and empathy. Can I help you? I'm willing to help you out. I'm willing to hear you out. So all these apply to all the different traits. Always find the medium in these traits. Zohi der hachabim. This is the way of the wise. So a wise person, the way of the wise. Hachabim. Der hachabim. Kol adash liotzav deot benoniot. Nusani krihama. Now we have a new definition. Rambam's definition of a wise person is, it's not how much they know, it's if they fix their traits or not. If they have traits, which are through the golden mean, hacham. If his traits, he may know a lot, but his traits are terrible. What kind of wise person is that? That's not a wise person, that's a fool. So it's very hard to do this. It's very hard to have the right traits. And that's why we need to learn Musar. This is Musar, but this is more than Musar, this is Halakha. This is not something which is advisable, this is something which is necessary. It's necessary to fix our traits. And the Buddha God said, I've said this many times, our whole function in this world is to fix ourselves. Tikkun olam is me. I'm an olam. Each one of us is an olam. Each one of us is the whole world. We have to fix our world first, then work on the other worlds.
Okay. So now, what about a person who says, you know what, I want to err on the side of caution. So Rambam says, you know what, don't be too angry and don't be too mean. Don't give too much money away and don't be too tight for this. I want to give a little bit extra. A little bit extra. I want to be a Hasid. What is a Hasid? A pious person. I want to be more, I want to do more than the average. I want to go above this average. I allowed to be pious in the good side of the average. So you, you're not allowed to lose. You're not allowed to be too uh, have a big temper. Not allowed to not allowed to lose your temper at all. You have to be in the average. But I want to be in the av- average plus the side of not losing my temper. I'm not allowed to give too much money. Not to be too miserly. I want to give a little bit more than I need to. I want to be a chassid. So that's the next halacha. Halacha hey. Person is very, very careful with himself. And he wants to stray a little bit from the medium path to a little bit excess on the side of caution, of giving more, of doing more, of being less angry. That is called a pious person. Person says, you know what? The Saka maximum you give is between 10 and 20%. I'll go on the 20%. I want to give the maximum allowed. I want to give the the average. I want to give more than the average on the good side. That is called a chassid. That's a pious person. Ketza. So now he's going to give an example. Now we come to a person who wants to keep away from pride. To the nth degree. And he wants to be very, very humble. That's a pious person. And that's midat chassidut. That is the, the trait of chassidut. This is before the chassidim came along. We're not talking about chassidim, we're talking about chassidut. Chassidut is piety. Piety is the true aspect of piety, which Rambam talks about, also talks about by the Misilat Yisharim. The Ramchal, Ramosh Chaim Luzato, in his book, Path of the Just, talks about chassidut as well, where he also talks about doing, erring on the side of caution. The halacha may be this, but there may be a stricter opinion. I want to always keep a strict opinion. I don't want any leniencies. Rabbi, I'm asking you a question, but I don't want any leniencies. Just give me the most strict opinion there is. Oh boy. I never had a single person come to me like that. <laughs> A lot of people say I'm too lenient, but that's a different side. It's good to have a, to be lenient. It's not, there's no mitzvah to be strict. I follow Vadi Yosef. He says there's no mitzvah for the rabbi to be strict. The rabbi who's too strict has to give din and cheshbon eventually. That's what Vadi Yosef, Yosef says. Because the halacha is this, you can't say, do something more than that. If the guy says, I want to keep more, okay, there's another opinion. But that's a chassid. That's a, that's a choice a person makes for themselves. It's not something which I can tell you, be a chassid all the time. However, that's not the opinion of the Ben Shai. Ben Shai is always erring on the side of caution. Be a chassid, be a chassid. <laughs> he writes a book for chassid, basically, of halakha. So uh, there's different aspects, different ways of, of uh, interesting, different ways of psak. So a person says, you know what, I, I don't want to be average when it comes to ego. I want to be on the extreme of humility. That's a pious person. Zoi midat chassidu, it's a way of the pious. That's not something which is obligatory. That's something voluntary. You want to be pious? That's your business. Just don't be pious on my account. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Don't be pious. Someone asked me yesterday. I want to be noheg to say, uh, what does Ashkenazi say for wishing someone a young on Rosh Hashanah? Tikatevu. Tikatevu. Right? So I want to start from Tubeav. There's an opinion in the moon catcher. He says to start from Tubeav because that is, I don't know, the gematria of Tubeav is this. That's what he told me. Can I, he said, Rabbi, can I start? I said, yeah, but don't drive people crazy. <laughs> you go wish people to say you're crazy. I tell you, you're nuts. 
if they're going to not think anything of it, okay, but if they're going to start asking, you know, why is this saying to me, Dafka, like, I need more help. Like, um, so don't drive people mad. Don't be a chassid at other people's expense. And that's what the Mesut Yisraim says. Very important. That's people forget. So I, I want to grow my beard. What about your wife? I don't like long beards, the wife says. But I said, I, mean, I want to be a chassid. I want to be, I want to grow my beard. The wife says, no, it's going to cause marital problems. So you're going to be a chassid of her account. You have to, she has to agree. So it's very important to, not to do things. If it's necessary by Jewish law, you have to do it. But if it's a chassidut, then why bother? Why rock the boat? I rock the boat. Suppose you're going to pay, the, you're going to see the expense. It's a column, lost and, what's it called? I'm not a businessman. Um, profit and loss. Suppose you're going to know the profit of the mitzvah and the loss. The profit of doing extra and the loss involved. You can, yeah, you can push aside a lot of people by doing extra. So for example, there's mitzvah to run to shul. The mitzvah to run to shul. So the, the Ramchal says, but if you're running in the, in the public domain, people think you're nuts. Here's a guy with long peyot running, running in the highway. You're on Route 27, you're running around. And he goes, hey, today, okay, today people don't pay attention to anything. I'm saying the days you have to be proper. You go to England in the 50s, and you're running around like a lunatic. They say you're a lunatic. The Jews are lunatic. Give people a bad name. So the mitzvah, they don't understand the mitzvah to run to shul. So in a place where people understand the mitzvah to run to shul, run to shul. But in a place where people don't understand, they'll give a Jews bad name. Don't run to shul. Okay. Had a, a neighbor, uh, my la- my old neighbor. You see him on Shabbat dressed up with a suit and his hot temperature. Oh, how do you do it? How do you do it? How do you do it? Can you imagine if you saw me wearing a shtreimel? <laughs> okay. So there is a thing called chasidut, which is going beyond the requirements of the law. The requirement of the law is average. Be an average, but average traits. Halavai, which should be in the golden mean. But there is a concept of being a little bit erring on the side of caution, a little bit extra. So he says, that's midat chasidut. However, he says. If a person is in the middle when it comes to humility, the krachacham, that's a wise person. Zeo midat chokmah. So there's difference between chokmah and chasidut. Chokmah is the average, and chasidut is going beyond the average. Amazing. But there is the and this applies to all the different traits. Now it comes to the, the phrase in the Talmud. Talmud talks about the chasidim harishonim, the early pious ones. It's interesting. Whenever the Gemara says chasidechat, the Marsha says, this is Rabbi Yehuda Barilai. I've been to his grave. I just was at the bank. His grave, his grave is uh, near Meron. Rabbi Yehuda Barilai, one of the famous authors of the Mishnah. Five rabbis in the Mishnah all the time. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Barilai. One of the five students, Rabbi Kiva. And Rabbi Yehuda Barilai was known as the Hasid. Whatever the Gemara says, Hasid Echat, it's Rabbi Yehuda Barilai. Imagine, he had this name and his reputation as a Hasid. What does that tell us? How many Hasidim were there? How many really pious people are known for their piety? It's, whenever the commander says, Hasidah Chad, it's only Rabbi Yudah Barilai, we're in trouble. <laughs> Where are the other Hasidim? So it was a very, very small club of pious people. But this is not just pious. They're going beyond. That's what piety is. Piety is going beyond. That was, that's we just defined piety. Piety is going beyond. Everything that's a chacham. Pious. That's chacham. That's a wise person. Okay. So we said, wise person, average. But it's beautiful. It's not. It's not average. You're called a wise person. That's a very high level. That's right. Who can be on a high level like that? It takes a lot of effort just to get to the average. 
When we talk about average over here, we don't talk about average person, we talk about the average in traits. Uh-huh. The average person does not do this. Don't worry. There's very few hachamim as well. Uh, but, but to be a chassidim person, it's got to be a little bit extra. Chassidim Arishalim. So the Gemara talks about chassidim Arishalim, the early pious ones. So they would go beyond the requirements of the law, beyond the basics, and they go to the edges of what's allowed. So I want to be more humble. I want to be more generous. I want to be less angry. That's a chassid. That can also cause resentment. Yes, I said that. I said that. I said, person's got to be careful between the profit and the loss. Remember? Talked about the profit and the loss. And that, the Ramchal has a whole chapter called Mishkalea Chassidut, weighing the piety. Weighing piety. This whole chapter in Mesilat Yishrei in the past. Just weighing piety. Very, very important. This should be taught in all the yeshivot. Weighing piety. Don't do something which is going to cause anguish to others mm-hmm. if it's a pious act. If it's a necessary act, you have to do it. But if it's a pious act, you drive people crazy. Mm-hmm. No point. This is called beyond the requirements of the law. Okay. Now he comes to the mitzvah. Look at this. He brings down the mitzvah. Mitzvah. anu. We are commanded. This is not something which I thought good advice. This is a commandment I'm telling you now. <laughs> to walk in the average ways of all the traits. These are good ways, good paths. You'll walk in God's ways. What are God's ways? Hashem does not get too angry. Hashem is not easy to angry. Hashem is slow to anger and quick to forgive. That's God's ways. Hashem is merciful. We have to be merciful. Whatever Hashem does, we have to be like that. So this is God's ways. And that's what the mitzvah is. The mitzvah is, you'll walk in God's ways. So I'll tell you how to walk in God's ways. This is the explanation how to walk in God's ways. Well, how do we walk in God's ways? So the answer is, the average mean of all the traits. That's God's ways. That's what God wants. That's how the rabbis taught us the perush of this mitzvah. Mahuni Krachanun, just we learn from the thirteen attributes. Kel Rachum Vichanun Erechapaim. All those we say in uh Roshan Yom Kippur. Well actually Yom Kippur, uh these are the traits. Sorry we say it twice a day. Shane Khum Shane. yeah. But we're sorry we say it every day. What do you say? Twice a day, these thirteen attributes. Thirteen attributes you say twice a day. Once in the morning, once in the afternoon. Every day. And Mondays and Thursdays we add it extra. Right. And Slichot especially. Before Rosh Hashanah. So they thought we do 40 days. Why? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is on Har Sinai, 40 days, praying for Teshuvah, for Plan Israel, for the sin of the golden calf. So we also pray 40 days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it says, like in the Talmud, it says that um, we shouldn't covet our neighbor's possessions, you know, whatever. And yet in the same Talmud, it says that Hashem could be a jealous God. Yeah. So it's not like a kind of... Well, let me just tell you what that means. What is a jealous God? He's not jealous of property. He's not jealous of your spouse. What is he jealous of? Idols. Idols. If you believe in others, it's a kind, it's a kind of marriage in a, in a sense. He says, I, I'm, I'm jealous of your fidelity. If, you are, if you're loyal to me, I like that. If you're not loyal to me, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the other you are involved with. So you're involved with idolatry. It's not about idolatry. It's not about the mind. It's not about the mind. It's not about physical things. So we have a command not to be jealous of physical things. But there is a mitzvah to be jealous of spiritual values. Kinat sofrim Jealousy of scribes increases wisdom. Wow, I wish I knew as much as that guy. I wish I could pray as well as this guy. I wish I could come to shul early just like the other person. That's allowed. 
Now, spiritual jealousy is allowed. That's amazing. Physical jealousy is a no-no, but spiritual jealousy is allowed. We learn it from Hashem. Hashem says, I'm jealous if you follow other gods. I'm going to be jealous. I'm a jealous husband. Mm-hmm. Right? So, that's a, it's a very interesting yeah, see, concept. Di- I looked in the dictionary, like the yeah. definition of covet, and it says jealous. So. Yeah, yeah. It is jealous. It's jealous, but it's a spiritual jealousy. Yeah. It's an it's a esoteric jealousy. It's not a physical jealousy. Hashem's not jealous of us physically at all. But he's jealous. But it's not really... Hashem doesn't get jealous. All these things, the way Moshe Rabbeinu explained it to us. Because mm-hmm. we have to have a way of grasping mm-hmm. Hashem. Mm-hmm. Ramah is going to tell us... It's in, a jealousy in service of the people, I think. Pardon? It's a jealousy in service of the people. Right. He's jealous of the people because the people are wasting their time um, yeah, but it's not really jealousy. Like, what I'm trying to explain is Hashem doesn't get jealous. That's, that's it's just brought down like that. Like just yeah. Hashem has a finger and a hand and it's uh, metaphorical. Yeah. It's for human beings to understand 3,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Some of the Torah has been 3,500 years ago. For their generation to understand. So for them, they have to understand God is a man of war. For us, we don't need to know that. There's no man in a war. God is powerful. We know that. We don't need the, we don't need the metaphorical explanations. But to put it in... The Quran says the, the Torah speaks in a language that people can understand. Which is interesting. That a child can read it and understand it, and, a, and an adult has to learn you know, different levels of understanding. So we, uh, you can, there's, a surface, there's a surface understanding from the Torah. It's amazing. The deepest concepts are brought down in a surface understanding. It's like learning Kabbalah. It's surface understanding, then you've got to go deeper and deeper and try and understand what he's talking about. Just another minute. Okay. So this is the mitzvah. Just like he is called Hanun, which is gracious and gratuitous, he gives gratuitously, we also have to try and do that. So we do that when you're raising children. You're Hanun. You have to be Hanun. Manu Karachum, he is merciful, you should be merciful. He is holy, you should try to be holy. It's so hard to be holy, oh God. Help us. But there is Karu And this is how the Prophet said, All these all these we all these adjectives which define God. The reason why the ra- the rabbis use this, the prophets use these these adjectives, is for us to emulate, not for because this is the way you describe God. They describe God in a way that we can emulate God. It's a beautiful way of understanding the Torah. When Moshe Rabbeinu writes down the thirteen adjectives, it's not from it's not really describing God. It's, it's for us to be able to emulate God. Okay, we have to stop here. 13 attributes, and Bez Rashem will continue next week. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.